I had a, a folding table and chairs and a desk in this room. I'm willing to bid on this contract. I have the wherewithal to do it because I'm the guy with a with the knowledge on it. And he looked around the room and he says, where are you going to build it? And he says, I'm going to build it right here. And he says, are you sure? And he says, I started a company before that you saw. Um, I started with a table and chairs and one machine. Welcome to the Life in Paradise podcast, the show about creating a life you never need a vacation from. You'll gain inspiration from those who have done it before as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to live your dream life in paradise with your host, attorney turned alchemist, Don Fleming. Welcome to this month's episode of Taking Command with Captain Tom. And we are going to continue on our discussion about the new rich the, we talked last week about the old idea of being rich really being focused on assets and money and wealth, and the idea of the new rich really being focused more around freedom. But that freedom isn't free. There's always a trade-off. There's sacrifices. So in this episode, um, I've asked Tom to really talk about some of his experiences with respect to career choices he's made in connection with freedom, and that paycheck security. So thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> so uh, so we, we were talking about um, different things, uh, different phases in his life that would maybe illustrate some of the concepts that we're talking about. And the one thing that we uh, kind of focused on was his path to entrepreneurship and I asked him to share a little bit about when he became a full-time single dad yeah. and, and how that yeah. impacted his yeah. career choices. Yeah. So um, let's go back a, a few years. I grew up in Newport Beach, California, in a very wealthy area on an island in the middle of the Newport Harbor. John Wayne lived across the street. And uh, there's a very wealthy people around there. And so I got... The, I. To me, it was they put their pants on one leg at a time. So I didn't get too excited about all that stuff, that wealth and everything. So I, when I got married in um, 1974, I moved up to Washington State because I was a mechanic at the time. Uh, I went through college on a physics major, but uh, at the time I got out, my dad was a aerospace physicist and he was getting ready to get laid off because it was a real downslope in the in the market at the time so uh i got married and i i married a gal from uh gig harbor washington and so i said well it's cheaper to live up there i couldn't afford anywhere to live on my salary down in uh, in newport beach so we moved up uh to uh washington state and i was a mechanic up there for a while and then uh, i got a i my uncle was a lineman at the local uh, power company and so got me a job as a lineman and so I worked there for almost nine years. Uh, I thought to myself, this is not my calling. If I work for 30 years and that was it and retired and everything, was that going to be enough in my life? And I said, no, it isn't enough. So I packed up and moved back down to, to Southern California, lived with my folks for a little while, got my feet back on the ground and, uh, and went back to uh, being a mechanic for a while. And there were, after a divorce. After a divorce, excuse me. In the meantime, I got, I'm sorry. I got, uh, my, I, I went through a divorce. 
and I have two two sons, and they were living in, in Washington, and they were going to spend summers with me down there. They loved the beach and everything, so it was... It, but uh, what happened was I started doing mechanical work, working on Mercedes-Benz and high-end stuff, because I was very good at the electrical and all that stuff. I, I, my folks were down, lived nearby, and so I could, my sons would come down in the summertime, so before I went to work, I could drop them off at at their house, and then they'd take them to the beach and everything. After a couple of years of that, um, my folks wanted to travel, so I didn't have that opportunity for them to help me. So I had to make a career change because I had responsibility of two sons who were living me in the, in the summertime. Uh, next thing that happened was, was uh, my ex-wife wanted to go to a cosmetology school, so she says, you can have them full-time. So that made a big change in my life. And so I was looking for uh, another thing to do. Well, uh, I had a brother who was in the, in the video, government video industry, and he says, hey, well, you want to come build some cameras for, uh, for this one project? And I saw I, I quit doing uh, mechanics and went and did that work. What was it? What had advantaged me was I set up a, a machine shop in my garage because all of a sudden I had my sons full time and I had to, you know, be, be close by. It was just, I was 10 minutes up the hill in case they needed me to my uh, business. I had the, uh, the operation in the garage and uh, so I was there for them and I, they were down on the beach in the summertime and I'd take sandwiches and drinks down in summertime to the beach for them. And I had a friend, a gal who had four boys. And so she was down there with them during the day. So I, but it, what happened was, is it because of my parental responsibilities, I had to be creative about my business, what I did from, for work. And so it, it started there and then it grew and grew and grew to where I had a couple of facilities and uh, my boys were older and in high school at the time, but I could still go to their soccer games and, and, and things like that, take the time off of work because I own the, I own the business and, and I had uh, the, the time to do it. Uh, so I, I did that. It worked out pretty good. And then by the time the, the boys uh, were, were over 18, just about that time, I had a project with the U.S. Army. I was doing government work that went bad because of a, a subcontractor couldn't produce a timing signal we needed for this one camera. And so it went through bankruptcy. So I actually sold the company to one of our prime vendors, contractor. And so I became an employee. So I was okay. I didn't mind too much. I cut, took kind of a little bit of the uh, heat off me. So, but I did that. Well, and, and sometimes people think, oh, you own the company, you're doing well, wealthy, and yeah. you know, that, that's not always the case. No, that's no, not always the case because by the time the, the paychecks got distributed, <laughs> I was going home and eating noodles, but that's okay. I didn't mind because I, I, I had the freedom to control my time and what I did. And so it was, it was. And do work you enjoy, I, right? I love the work. It was the work. Uh, I got to, in the early days of it, my dad had retired and he was kind of one of my mentors and I got to work with him on a lot of really interesting projects without his knowledge I wouldn't have been able to do. But 
And, and we'll talk about those when we get into work that makes a difference because you've oh, got yeah. some amazing stories yeah. with some of the projects that you were, yeah. had the blessing to work on. But uh, yeah, so it was just one of those things where I got I got to have my cake and eat it too. I got to spend time with my boys, and uh, and I got to uh, to have a business that was nourishing. It was challenging at times, and sometimes I had to work very long hours, but it was okay. I didn't, it wasn't painful, it, you know, it was just because, you know, the buck stops with me and she got to do it. But it was a freedom to make my own decisions. We'll be back and, in and, a moment. And go on, so. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit CastelitoCaribe.com, www.castellitocaribe.com. We look forward to seeing you soon. I'm so happy to have you with me for the Life in Paradise podcast. I love our listeners and fans, and we'd love to show our appreciation for you supporting the show. So please head over to lifeinparadisepodcast.com where you can find free resources mentioned in the show and also register for our gifts, prizes, and swag. I'd also love to hear from you. So there's a place on that page to submit your questions, comments, and requests so I can serve you better. And if I answer your question on the show, we'll send you a free gift. Yeah, and so when I met Tom back in 2000, he was actually working really hard and essentially still running this company that used to be his, but but he wasn't the owner anymore. And uh, they were doing some pretty high-level work and still a lot of government contracts. And I just, you know, Orange County, California, here is, you know, working in, in SoCal, and I just kind of assumed that he was making a decent income. And uh, one day I was in his Porsche 914. Oh, 30-year-old. 30-year-old Porsche 914. And he had, uh, I guess, made the mistake of leaving a paycheck stub in his car. And I looked at it and I was shocked <sighs> at how little he was making given the responsibility and the uh, the time commitment. There was no overtime. You were on a salary and, you know, still working late yeah. and, and all different things. Um, but that wasn't even the biggest part of it because his expenses were really low. I mean, you were well, you had I, virtually, I was, you were living on your boat. I was living on a, time. almost a 30-year-old sailboat that I had paid for. That was paid for. Paid the for, car was paid, paid for. for. Um, had, he, he, in fact, when we bought our boat, it was funny. The, the bank said, well, we'll uh, give you a loan, but we don't want him. And it wasn't that he had bad credit. He had no credit because <laughs> of the bankruptcy, right? So we were, we went to work on that and, and built up yeah. his credit again. Um, and it actually became better than mine after the, the real yeah. estate crash. But what uh, inevitably happened was it was the, the freedom. I love freedom. Yes. You know, if you listen to me at all, you know that that's like probably one of my mantra words is freedom. 
which is why I right. walked away from practicing law. But when Tom was working uh, with a paycheck, and I think you had like one week of vacation or something, yeah. I mean, there was very little flexibility yeah. there because he didn't own the company anymore. No, I was just an employee. And, you know, so if we wanted to sail to Catalina, you know, we're with the, the masses that are there on the weekends and so forth. Yeah. You couldn't get a slip. You know, you leave on Friday after work, like forget it, all the slip, the or morning, excuse yeah. me. Uh, mooring balls were gone because everybody came over there. So I was like, no, 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 we need to go on Thursday <laughs> and have Friday off. And he couldn't do that. And so we, you know, kind of talked about that. And and he, you know, obviously enjoyed entrepreneurship, but he yeah. just said he didn't have the confidence. You know, I think got beat up a little bit after sure. losing the company. Like, oh, I don't think I'm, I'm a good engineer, but I'm not such a good business person. Of course, I was a business attorney. I said, well, don't you worry about that. I got you covered. Yes, and we made so a good team. What happened was almost a little bit of a repeat of what happened when you launched Lido Engineering in the aspect that there was a need Somebody needed something produced and yes. um, that company couldn't produce it. And so you ended up running with it with to, and that's what started Lido. And then that similar uh, situation came up with yes. uh, An another company. Um, I was, uh, I, I saw a need in the marketplace for, for something uh, that I knew how to do. And I wasn't happy with uh, the company that, you know, I, I saw the company to, and I wanted to get kind of a little bit away from the defense industry a little bit. It was not something I was really excited about and, and at the end, you know. So anyway, um, there was a product that uh, I was building it on the side. We changed the names and I was still at that company. Yeah, it was kind of a funny story. So it was um, a fan, actually. Like a, yeah. think about a, like a little plastic fan you'd find in a computer. Yeah. It, was, it was a fan like that. But this company that that manufactured had they sold waterproof versions, yes. and then they quit making them. Yeah, and so the company that Tom was working for couldn't order them from this company anymore. So Tom Didn't basically um, reverse engineered yeah, it, set up right? Took it apart, took one of their their fans apart, and looked at it and said, "Don." All they're doing is coating the inside yeah, so I of these it. these fans, and so and I think they were charging like over two hundred dollars oh, yeah. or something a fan for yeah. these things, and they're like fifteen dollar fans. Yeah, and he says, I think I can produce these. Yeah, and uh, he said, but I don't know how I'm gonna gonna do it, you know, with my company. I go, don't you worry about it. So. I, being a business attorney, I set up Poseidon Technologies Incorporated. I It was a mm -hmm. California corporation. I incorporated it. And Tom just went to them and said, hey, I found this company, literally founded this company, but I found this company. <laughs> How do you spend? <laughs> Poseidon Technologies. And they have these fans and, oh, they're cheaper. They're only $185 instead of. $200, yeah, yeah. right? And so $15 worth of parts and uh, some, some what do you call it, uh, coating yeah, or whatever no, you use, epoxy, epoxy coating that he he coated the insides with to make them waterproof. I remember you had aquariums set up to, to, and, test, to test them for, so, for, yeah. so they would run for, I don't know, like a week or so. Hundreds or more, of hours. Hundreds and hundreds of hours yeah. to make sure that they were, they were fully functional and yeah. just as good as the other ones. And that was really the sort of the seed money that we were able to use to put together the startup foundation of the company that you eventually transitioned yeah. over to once 
you uh, left PVP. Yeah. So anyway, one, another little funny uh, side note. I was involved in another development of another product for the Civil Air Patrol. And the company I was working for was not interested in bidding on it. And so I called people, the vendor, that would, and I says, I developed a prototype for this. And uh, would, would you come meet with me and we'll, we'll discuss uh, a contract? And so uh, Don had a, a client who had a packaging warehouse and he had an extra, an extra room there that he wanted to uh, sublet out. So called the, this uh, vendor and, and says, hey, can you meet me? He, he actually flew from Hawaii, came to, the, to California, and I says, hey, can we meet over here? I want to discuss this contract. So he, he met me, and at the time, I, was, I had a, a folding table and chairs and a desk in this room, and he came and he said, and pretty much nothing else, nothing else. <laughs> and he came in and he says, "Come on in here." And we sat down. And he says, "He says, okay, I'm gonna, I, I'm willing to bid on this contract and everything, and I, I have the wherewithal to do it because I'm the one, the guy with the with the knowledge on it." And he looked around the room and he says, "Where are you going to build it?" And he says, "I'm going to build it right here." And he says, "Well, uh, are you sure?" And he says, "I started a company before." That you saw, um, I started with a table and chairs and one machine. And, and he said, he gave me the contract and fulfilled the contract. I had to go buy a machine. Don helped me with that. Went and bought a machine. We got a computer and we got everything. And I delivered the contract on time with uh, with an amazing amount of meantime but between failures of like 400 hours, which was unheard of at the time. And so it went on from there, and I did other projects, and I and I and so I started again from a table and chairs. I started with that in my in my and a group, contract and a contract. <laughs> Same thing. I got a contract. Yep, I can do it. And it's just that confidence that I've done it before. I can do it again. And so yeah, it was kind of a it was kind of an interesting story how I built it back up and I got more contracts. And uh, in, until 2008, when everything kept getting pushed to the right, I was doing contracts for the, for Spain, for the United States, for Colombia, all sorts of stuff. It was a, uh, it was a, it was fun. I, I really enjoyed having my wife work with me, her contracts ability to write up the contracts and everything. So we worked as a team. And uh, we did really well, and it was. But the thing about it was, we had the choice. Um, I could, we could go on Friday afternoon, and we could uh, we go go to the boat and be at the boat all weekend, and come back on Monday afternoon. And if sometime I says, "Honey, I got to work all weekend," fine, we'll work all weekend. But I had to, I had a certain amount of flexibility of freedom that uh, I didn't have before when you're. I had a lot of responsibilities. I had like the other company, I had 10 to 15 employees that my designs were what kept them machining stuff and kept the food on their table and their families. And there was a lot of responsibility. And so it's kind of nice later that I didn't have that responsibility that I sold the company to somebody else. And there was their responsibility to make payroll and everything. So it was, it was a little bit, but oh, in one thing, I, I, I got to regress a little bit. When the company was, when my company was going through a bankruptcy and everything, uh, the stress caused me to get cancer. 
Well, and then there was another a second divorce. Yes. About the same time, too. So And I got cancer, so I had to start worrying about my stress. I got through it with the surgeries and stuff, but I had to worry about my own stress level in the future. So it, it worked out, and that was for 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So I got through all that with, you know, with some help from my wife. But well, and it was fun. You, I remember, you know, you you hired my friend Laura's son, uh, Jared, for a while. Yeah. Who went on to have an amazing career. Yeah, and I mean, didn't want to, I think, uh, Dusty or somebody, uh, one of your sons worked for you a little bit part-time. Yeah. Was able to to pay him. So sure, yeah. you really ran lean and mean with that company. Yeah. But you were able to yeah. uh, bring some people in when, when need be, when it was yeah. crunch time to get things done without having that full-time sure. staff responsibility. Yeah, that was a lot of pressure. That was a lot of pressure for me to make sure that we made payroll and we got the contracts and everything. But uh, yeah, and so my life changed uh, considerably. By the time I met Dawn, I was just was a little bit, uh, she helped me out get unlost. I, was, I guess <laughs> I was a little lost at the time. Well, you, you had just gotten beat down by life, that's yeah. all. And so you just... Um, dust yourself off. But yeah, that's where your associations come into sure. play. And, you know, we talked about in the book, you know, that, that you had no dreams really no. when when I met you. And that's okay. You know, we, we all go through stages of yeah. our life. And that's why it's important to really get clear about what is important to you. What do you want? What don't, don't yeah. adopt wants that aren't yours. If you're, you know, if you think that wealth and assets and money are nah. going to make you happy, not necessarily. It is a matter of, of getting clear about what, what are you going to sacrifice? Yeah. And for us, freedom has been uh, the most important thing as a couple. Yeah, sure. Thanks for tuning in to the Life in Paradise podcast. Did you love this episode? If so, we'd love for you to follow, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to tune in every week for more inspired insights and wisdom to create your somebody pinch me reality. And until next time, dream big and act on it daily.